Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. On the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is June 20th, 2017. It's third degree. This is actually my birthday. And um, I don't celebrate. Praise the Lord and work. This is probably the first time but um, I just wanted to make sure that we talked about it. So let's see, Shedrick, Robert, McKean, and Bernard. So uh, Shedrick, do you have um, do you have a radio or something on this on this night? Do Do I have a radio? Say that, say that one more time, brother, because you went out. You have radio meeting? What is radio meetings? Yes, we've had radio meetings. No, radio meetings? No, I've never had radio meetings. I'm talking about... I went to the newsletter uh, meetings that we usually have on Sundays. One of these days, you leave at a certain... Time is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't remember. Uh, it's Tuesday at nine. Okay, so that's an hour from now for you, right? Yes. Okay. Well, um, we might have to keep this short because I need to speak with you and Brother Robert. Um. We need to have a quick meeting. So okay. I'm have to just do 30 minutes today and um, have a quick meeting. Okay. Brother Shedrick, explain to to us um, an option in real estate. Uh, if I can remember, option is basically um, it's a uh, basically for a lease um on land or uh, hold on, let me gather my thoughts. I know it's a lease on land. Or it's a lease to purchase, um, or an option to purchase, so to speak. I yield. Okay. Do you have to have money to get somebody locked into a contract in the option? 
No, not necessarily. If you did have money, how would you approach it to lock somebody into an option? Well, what you can do is you can you can establish a contract with some kind of uh, earnest money deposit or hard uh, hard money, a earnest money deposit, or uh, um, uh, I guess you can say. Um, Yeah, well, earnest money deposit. I'm thinking of something else. An earnest money deposit is a way of uh, kind of uh, setting up the contract, or you can uh, put down uh, some money and then establish some kind of uh, amortization, uh, basically an installment to pay back the money that's owed for a property that you're, you're planning to buy. Not you. Okay, great, great. So basically, option, option in real estate is a commercial term. It's a term in commerce. So what I want to make sure that we understand today is um, options are not specifically for housing or housing purchases. They operate in stocks and bonds and everything in the commercial world, everything in the commercial world. We have to remember that. So where we left off last uh, semester, um, there's nothing uh, imported into the third degree online right now that's new um, because I'm not going to launch that until next week. But I'm trying to make sure we go over this again so that we understand. So just remember, you don't have to have money to secure a contract with someone with an option. So, Robert, if you find, uh, I did this, what I'm about to explain. So I'm going to use the same example. If you find someone with a talent and you want to secure them contractually, how could you do that with the idea of an option? Uh, let me see. Well, like, like you had stated, you know, options and uh, other particular forms of derivatives are not just uh, relegated just as um, to uh, real estate. So I think that what I understand about options in the commercial world commercially is that what you can do is you can lock something in at a price at that current time for something in the future to which you can have an option to be able to buy or sell that particular thing uh, going in. So Give me, give me. How would it play out if you were you found somebody with a talent? Like I did it with a a, a professional boxer. Um, how would you do it? Tell me how you would set that up. Uh, you could do it to where like um, you can. I think also I was reading up on. I'm not hundred percent certain if this is correct, but. 
usually do this a lot of times in the, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, in the music industry where they lock them in to certain particular provisions of contract uh, to which they have the contract and the terms spell out in the contract later on uh, going forward into the future. Is that correct, brother? That is correct. That is correct. So let me explain what I did. And this is before I knew that it worked. Well, I wasn't thinking in the same way that I think today. I did this in 2005. So I was already doing real estate, but I didn't really mentally connect the two. And I still was able to do this. And it worked. Okay. Here's a boxer. One moment. Somebody needs to mute. Okay, there's a boxer. I'm asking that this information remains private. I I tried not to go too deep into my private life, but um, just I don't want this out in the public. You know, we here in the in the nation can talk about it. I just don't want the public to know about what I'm about to say. So I don't know if I've said this before, but there's a boxer in Detroit by the name of Leo Nolan. Okay, he's a heavyweight boxer. He's retired now, but he's a heavyweight boxer. And um, he had a couple of different belts. Um, he, probably, he had probably had like four or five belts. And nobody's really heard of Leo Nolan. I mean, if you say Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, you know them, but you don't know Leo Nolan. Anyway, what happened was, um, Leo had a manager and I can't even remember how I met him. Oh, I know how I met him. I don't think I should put that on the record. <laughs> I met him. Um, but I, I ended up meeting this guy and I negotiated with him verbally to do his advertising and marketing. So on a handshake, we had a contract for me to do his advertising and marketing. I go to meet his manager, who was Caucasian, and he was like, well, what do you want out of it? And I'm like, well, that's my brother, my friend. I'm just here to help. He was skeptical of me because it's like nobody wants to do something for somebody for nothing. But I wanted the experience in the in the boxing promotion world because I came from the music promotion and I hooked up a deal with a boxing promoter um, that was that's in Michigan, and I think he's out of the game now. His name is Gerald Evans, and I hooked up a deal with him and ESPN two. Now listen to me, good. 
I'm telling you real life experiences that I have put this this stuff in action, and I didn't even I wasn't even conscious of what I was really doing. So it works. So I hooked up a deal again. I did it on a handshake and the option. No, hear me good. It's a contingency. I said, Leo, let me market, promote, and advertise you. Contingent by performance, we can actually move to an exclusive deal. Anybody lost? Anybody got a question about that? Anybody see what I did? Okay, Salam, phone on the record. This is Minister Shedrick. I just want to confirm. Okay, you said that you did a handshake with, okay, you did the handshaking deal with uh, the brother Leo Nolan, right? Correct. And then you turned around and you negotiated a uh, deal with ESPN2? Well, I negotiated a deal with a promoter. A promoter. Who had a deal with ESPN too? Okay, so then there's the contingency plan. Yes. Okay. All so, right. so do you see what? Well, but well, let me just deal with with Leo. Leo, let me market and advertise you. Contingent upon my performance. We move into an exclusive deal for me to market and advertise you. Who sees what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, Shalom, uh, this is Art Shedrick. I just want to basically say this. So, you performed the duty by uh, getting the promoter from uh, ESPN. Was he the one that was eventually going to? do the advertising and marketing for you, even though you did the handshake with uh, Leo Nolan? So no, I was, I was going to actually do it. Oh, okay. And, and I did do it, and that's what got me to deal. See, that's what got me to deal with, no, with Leo. Okay. Me, just me meeting him, him getting to know me, that's what got me to deal with Leo. Then I'm going to tell you what I did. Now, when you... When you hear about the things that I did, I look back on it. And I'm like, how do, what the hell happened here? Okay, so listen. Contingent upon me performing where he feels comfortable, that's the option. The contingency is the option. Give me the option to become your exclusive advertising marketing agent. Leo. Give me the option. Okay, that's just like real estate. Right. Brother Kendrick, Brother Kendrick, do you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir, 100%. You, you offered your performance as, a, as, a, as the option. Based on your performance, the option was to continue being his manager or advertising manager. And if you fail, then you would be out. But that was essentially your option, either or. Yes. 
my work was my earnest money deposit. If I don't close the deal to be his exclusive advertiser, there then I lose my earnest money deposit, which was I I was just wasting my time with him. But that's a risk I was willing to take. Okay. Now listen what I did. I was I was a music producer. I had my own recording studio. And I was a promoter at the same time. All right. So I well, let me add one more thing. I was a business partner partner in a modeling agency with a former pimp. <laughs> a pimp who I converted from the pimp world to the legitimate world. And his skills brought us a whole lot of power. Actually, time out, time out. Side note, Brother Cedric and Brother Robert, I was um, asking about can we meet um, for a brief moment, but I'll just wait till tomorrow because tomorrow's Wednesday. We're going to be doing the other thing. So we'll just talk about it tomorrow because I got to get this out so that it's clear and you can understand why I'm saying this and what it means. Why I'm saying this is because when you get into this mind state, it's not real estate that you're dealing with. This is the whole thing from the beginning to third degree. You don't, you're not looking at life as it's just real estate housing, you're looking at life, how the ancient Hebrews looked at it. And essentially what I'm saying to you is the acquisition of power. There was no money involved. It was a service, a duty in exchange for a handshake. Now, listen what I did with Leo. I I have my own recording studio and I partnered up with this guy. He, um, Big Tim, he had a, um, I brought him in and said, look, why don't you go legit and deal with legitimate models? So he started the modeling agency and we had um, a chain, uh, some, some offices. Okay. We were in this one particular building and we had three offices next to one another. It was an old converted hospital that was converted into a, a office building. The first office was the modeling agency. The second office was the recording studio. The third office was a photography studio. Okay. Now, w when I had that in place, I, I was thinking ahead because I originally met Big Tim like in 99. So I, I'm when this started happening, this was in 2003, because I knew I was going to need time to work on Big Tim to help him get out of that life. He wanted to get out of it, but I knew I was going to need time to get some things in order. So we were basically working together for about, not directly, but for about two years. Anyway, now watch what I did. I meet Leo, get to know Leo, we're hanging out and everything. 
bring him to the offices, show him the offices. I got my handshake option on the table. Now, because I already sunk like this, this is 2004, 2005. Because I already think like this in real estate, I didn't realize that I was thinking like this already with everything in life. I wasn't consciously realizing it. But I was able to execute it. I had been executing it for a couple of years and didn't even realize that it was all the same. Now, Fuddruckers. Who's heard of Fuddruckers? Nobody? Shalom. We have one here in uh, Georgia. We have one here in Savannah, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Fuddruckers is like fat burgers. It's a it's a burger restaurant, but it's not like a fast food chain. It's a restaurant, okay, of like fancy exclusive burgers. Here's what I did with Leo. I contacted Fuddruckers, the sales department. I got Leo on the option. So I automatically know if I tell anybody that I have a heavyweight champ that I'm representing, that's going to open up a door. <laughs> okay, I, I'm already thinking like this. This goes back to a couple of semesters ago when we were talking about talents, shekels. All of this is in that thinking, so I'm going to do my best to explain it. So I contact Fuddruckers, and I say, hey, I have heavyweight champ Leo Nolan. I would like to do an in-store appearance with the champ, the champ day. Here's how I got in contact with him. I would go and eat at Fuddruckers periodically, and then they had a little sign, hey, if you want a birthday, throw your birthday party here or whatever. That's how I contacted them. I kept that in my mind for years, waiting on opportunity. Bam, I got the champ. Now. I contacted him, and it was a, a, a Caucasian female. Um, I think her name was Kristen or something. Tell her I got the champ. She was excited. Now the door is open. Now the, the, the sky is the limit. So she started spitting ideas back at me. Well, yeah, we can do that, and how about this? She designed a Leo Nolan combo meal so and it was seven dollars and 77 cents for this combo meal so we did a, a month or so of of uh, advertising through Ruckers for free i didn't put up any money leo didn't put up any money Ruckers put up the money now, this is my first venture out of the box with Leo now. I get Leo booked at two different locations, two different Fuddruckers, for a Leo Nolan Meet the Champ Day with his own combo meal. Now, can you imagine how this man felt? <laughs> he was like, how does this nigga do this? <laughs> so, the first event... We did, not only did the champ appear, 
and shake hands and sign autographs. They interviewed him. They did a live broadcast on the radio at no expense to me or the champ. They did a live broadcast on the radio with Leo. They did an interview with Leo. This is my first thing out of the box. He was pleased, to say the least. Next thing I did, we did the second location. He, the first location, I don't think we did the um, the Leo combo meal. The the the, the, lo- the the second location is where we did it. We go there. He sees oh Leo Nolan combo meal whatever. Man, this is crazy. Now he's like this Negro is for real. Okay. Next thing I did, Leo uh, had a fight. Now, I'm telling you, in my life, I didn't know what the Most High was preparing me for, but I can look back and see it. So so naturally, I'm under this option to be his exclusive marketer and advertiser, right? So I get free tickets ringside. I had the most fun I have ever had in my life at that event, but I got to tell you what happened. Because we had the modeling agency, I could at any time call five to seven girls to escort me anywhere. And I ain't talking about sleeping with them either. <laughs> okay. And I'm talking about some gorgeous, gorgeous females. So I set it up. Now I got Leo. I got uh, uh Ringside tickets right next to the ring behind on the opposite side. No, kitty corner from the judges. And lo and behold, because I got this specific female with me sitting right next to me. She was a Mexican sister. On the other side of her is the lieutenant governor of the state of Michigan. Now, listen to me good. I did all of this with no money, mind you. So once you see what the outcome was, then you understand how I ended up with ESPN2. Now, I took that night, the lieutenant governor is coming at the girl that's with me. Like, man, you are hot. Um, Can I take you home tonight? So she turns to me and she says, the lieutenant, so don't repeat this in the public, by the way. But what I'm saying, God is my witness. This is the truth. Under the pains and penalties of perjury, this actually happened. I am not embellishing it. I'm telling it like it is. Now, he turns to her and asks her to, to go, you know, after the fight or whatever. And she's turned to me like, Man, he's coming at me. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. Just chop it up with him. Then she's really not biting. So then he turns to her and he offers her $4,500 to come with him that night. Now, I'm telling you how these elite people think and operate. I was amongst them. So I know how they operate and how they think. 
It ain't nothing that I've read. There's no conspiracy theories. I lived it. I walked through it, and I came out of it unscathed. So she turns to me. He just he just offered me forty five hundred dollars to go to spend the night with him. I said, "Listen, we're now running some prostitution ring. That is your decision. So I can't make that up your mind up for you. I'm not going to encourage you." But that's your own business. You do what you want to do. She didn't do it. However, now I got a direct plug to the lieutenant general um, governor of the state of Michigan. This is before I started doing my paperwork and all of that now. So from there, I did the event with, with Leo. I was a special guest. Leo wins. Okay, great. Now I knew this boxing promoter because I also had a rap group that was recording my recording studio. So I had this idea. I wanted to put, mind you, I'm promoting this rap group. I'm producing and promoting it. I wanted to put this rap group on a promo tour. And so one of the guys in the group, his cousin was a boxer, okay, named Chico out of uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. I can't even remember his last name, but his record wasn't that good anyway. But Chico knew this promoter. So I had a recording studio, and I set it up to interview the promoter and his top two fighters plus Chico to do a radio interview. In my mind, I'm setting this up as promotion for both sides. I'm going to promote Leo. I'm going to show Leo what I can do, so I'm going to lock Leo in. I'm doing this with these guys, these fighters, and I'm bringing these models around them, and they're like, oh, my God, (laughs) who is this guy? Like, he's got all these fine-ass women around him, and he looks like a normal hip-hop kid. Okay, now, I do the interviews. Now I'm in with uh, Mr. Evans, the the boxing promoter. So I say, then I find out during the interview he has an exclusive deal with ESPN2 to where he was going to be broadcast. His his promotions, his fight promotions are going to be broadcast on ESPN2. So I already had this in my mind for a promo tour. So I said, well, what about this? You do the national anthem. Um, there's time between fights. What about I schedule some artists? Can we hook it up to schedule some artists to have them perform during commercial time on live television in between the fights. It's like, yeah, cool, we'll do it. So now I'm in with Mr. Evans. And I'm telling you, when I look back at this, this is really remarkable even to me, how the depth of how this started to multiply. So now I'm in with Mr. Evans. I schedule this group 
they're performing on live ESPN2, plus there were other artists in my studio that were friends of mine. The guy that I ended up doing real estate with, he was a, a music producer, and he had a couple artists. So now I took his artist and had the female artist perform the national anthem. Now I'm in good. I'm really so the artists are on that are on these this ESPN two tour. They're the artists that I'm representing, mind you, strictly on my credibility as a brother and a handshake. Okay, now I get them on there. So now the rap group I'm representing is performing. Um, the, the the sister that's my my friends or my partner's artist, she's performing. Leo is seeing this. Oh, let me back up. When Leo won the title, I did a party for Leo. We had a cake and everything. Congratulations to the new WBU heavyweight champion. <clears throat> so now Leo's good because I did these two things for Fur Ruckers. I did the party. He's seeing me. Um, do this thing with the, the rap group and ESPN too. Okay, now I got that locked in with ESPN too through this promoter. Now I bring in the models. Hey, you're going to need some ring girls. Yeah, we always use ring girls. How about you use these girls? The same girls, some of the ones that you saw. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Boom, now that's set up. He turns me over the ability to sell advertising because they were really impressed with how I did this. So I could sell advertising for $15,000, dollars $50,000. I could sell the ring mat, the ring corner um, turnbuckles, the, the back of the ring girl cards. I could sell all of that advertising because that's how he would put on his promotion. So I got all that turned over to me. I still have some of the stuff today. It's in brochures and everything. I still have pictures of Leo that we did, the photo shoots and everything. So now I got the models working. I got um, Leo looking at this, and he's like salivating over these women that, that we got. And he's like, man, who is this nigga? <laughs> Leo's driving multiple cars, Corvettes, Benzes, and all of that. I'm driving a little simple Avenger. But Leo's like, man, I can't believe this. So from there, models working, uh, the rap group is performing. And then I go back to Leo. I say, Leo. I hooked it up with this promoter. The next thing we're going to do is you're going to be doing live commentary at one of the fights. It was like, oh, man, cool, great, 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 great. So we went to go do it. He tells his manager. His manager tells him no. That promoter did bad business with me in the past, a Negro promoter, by the way, and I don't want you being involved with him. 
So that didn't pop off, but Leo was not discouraged. Somewhere after that, Leo decides he's going to quit his manager, fire him, and he moved to Florida to train because he was going to fight Klitschko. So he set up at this time to take the heavyweight uh, championship of the world and uh, was about to blow up right at the edge. Leo was engaged. He was dealing with a sister that was trying to drain him. We started talking about women and scriptures and all that different thing and how to deal with women. And he had to move to go get his head clear. I'm going to cut the story short right there. Let me go back. Every step of the way, what was on my mind is I'm not here to try to impress anybody. I don't really give a damn what they think. I know what I can do. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a handshake deal. As my elders taught us, don't shake anybody's hand unless your word is bond and you are contracting with them. So I consciously knew I was doing it, but I didn't understand the depth. Here's what I'm saying to you. If you understand no money down, no down payment, if you understand options, that is global commerce. That is real commerce. Nations with nations, governments with governments, that's real commerce. You can use this power, this way of thinking, to negotiate your way to anything you desire. You have to have the confidence. You can't be afraid to lose. You can't really give a damn, actually. But you got to know what you're talking about. When you know what you're talking about, this gives you the power to execute. Does anybody see what I'm saying and why I'm saying it this way? Please tell me I can be heard. Salam, we can hear you. You know, one on the record is Akbanar, tribe of Judah. You know, just how you explaining it, you're basically giving us an in-depth uh, history lesson on how our forefathers contracted with one another. And, um, you know, and they didn't, back then, they didn't have uh, ferns. They didn't have fake money. So, and they still did, uh, le- they did lawful transactions off of, based off of handshakes, based off of their word as bond. So, you know, I really appreciate how you explain in detail and how we gotta we gotta instill that thinking into ourselves and um you know, not think mechanical. You know, we gotta we gotta think like our forefathers did and we could get anything or we can do any type of deal we wanna do, just gotta have a the confidence in it and uh know that we have the backing from the most high, are you? Anyway, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I was just listening to, you know, based upon when you said understanding no money down and options and things of that capacity. Now, like the things that you were describing, would it be fair to say 
this is essentially how a lot of banks operate, where they utilize depositors' money, uh, where it's not no money of theirs. They're just using the depositors' money, basically using it as a form of storage without putting any uh, money up for themselves. But they are able to accumulate interest and sell services and things of that capacity to make the actual uh, revenue for the bank. Is that similar to that? Exactly. With one exception, they have to put up a, a bond. <clears throat> but yeah, they basically have to put up a bond as some type of security. So okay. if, the, if the bank defaults, then they take a hit. But they can't trade their own money, you know, through their own bank because they're running the bank. But yes, other than that, you're exactly right. But but you see what I'm saying in the thinking process here? Like, our average group, bro, they, they don't think like this. They don't think like They don't even give a damn. <laughs> you know, so I got high eight, the, those little cameras, tape cameras that that they used to carry, home video cameras. I have a high eight camera tape of Delicious from Flavor of Love who auditioned for me. Um, I got her singing uh, Alicia Keys. Um, she auditioned for me, and she's going by a public name. It's not her real name. She's she's known as London Charles, but that's not her real name. I have her on tape. I have when Leo did his weigh-in. When I, I this is when it all went down. He did his weigh-in for this this uh, boxing match. I was so excited because. This is my first time having this option on this legitimate heavyweight champ, and I wanted to film this on the way in. I have I have all this stuff archived to prove what I'm saying. If you understand this, that's why we ruled the earth. That's why. That's why we could formulate a bank. That's why we can shake hands and do deals and take over land. You can't get this kind of thought process. Listen, the people in the nation probably think better than the average Negro. I hate to say it that way, but it's real. But in the first degree in the seat, you're not really prepared to be talking like this. You're getting prepared. Nucleus, first degree, second degree, you're getting prepared, but to stand in this type of thinking, it takes some reshaping of your mind. It really does. Do you do you see what I'm saying, Lynn? Can you talk, Brother Lynn? Is Brother Lynn there? Salam, can can I be heard? Yes. Yeah, my my apologies. I I was late and um, I was on mute, so not quick enough on the draw apparently. But um, yes, sir. I I, I comprehend what you what you're saying, um, and you know even. The studies. I mean, it, it definitely helps to have in your face examples of what you just described. Because the, the thing is, is that it, it shows up this this concept of 
you being able to gain a security interest in damn near anything. You know, it's really only limited. It's really only limited. Um, you know, by by your your creativity. You know, or, or your you know, as we said before, your your inner vision. You know, which to me sort of explains why. You know, it, it, it's. It's a shame, but you know, individuals that are outside of our nation, I mean, they they don't they don't comprehend it. They think that you know the solution to everything is money, and is that it's not money is not the solution to everything. You know, like my 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 stepdad used to always say, you know, when when are gonna come up with a million dollar idea? Because it's it's the ideas, it's the it's the creativity that will allow you to be in a position to actually generate some value, you know, in federal reserve notes if need be. So um beautiful example, I uh they didn't know you was high rolling like that. So that was that was um, some great insight and um I yield on that. Shalom. Shalom, praise the Lord. Listen I Sir, brother, my apologies. I just wanted to add this piece, just to, uh, well, just just to see what your perspective is. Like one of the main things that I also noticed when you were explaining it was uh, the honor behind you contracting and correlating that with, uh, you know, the banking situation analogy is where the people um, having the full faith and credit in the entity. Likewise, they were having full faith and credit in yourself to perform when you said you were going to perform and your word is being bought. Yes. Yes. But I was raised this way. You see? But exactly what you're saying. The elders trained me this way. They reshaped my mind. They gave us the real solid principle. When this multiplies amongst our people the revolution of the thinking is the return of the Christ because it's only a matter of time when you resurrect a people who are representing the Christ and the principles of the life of a Hebrew then that's when the Christ has returned, then that's when somebody can sit on the throne as a king because we're all in harmony and it's coming. So, Brother Robert, if you, do you see, um, let's say, How could you perform that with you? You see somebody come up with a talent. How could you perform that thinking to get them under contract? How could you perform that thinking? Uh, what you could. Well, I'm trying to see. I, you know, what's so funny? I had this. Uh, in my mind, in terms of it, I was thinking in terms of um, like what you talked about, 
earlier, utilizing the option with a person who has a certain form of talent. Like, for instance, you can use those type of so – I'll just use an example of, let's just say, a female, one of these Instagram models or something like that. What you can do is you can set up a situation where you have an option contract to which you perform the services for that person while, in the meanwhile, exporting out and, you know, bringing out those services to other entities to which you promise those particular services in the future. Yes. Yes. Most of them just being Instagram models, they can kind of, you know, basically what you can do is you can kind of sell them up on the upgrade of, you know, upgrading themselves from Instagram models and kind of, branding themselves to other particular entities to where you can create joint ventures and things of that capacity. Yes. Yes, brother. That brought me to another state of mind when you said that too. Polygamy. You're the only man around that thinks like this. Okay, like what you just said is Instagram models, right? I know I could take an Instagram model and I am 100% sure I can apply the same technique to her to bring her into notoriety and popularity and financial security with me doing nothing but having the option first the option to be able to represent her exclusively. Now, I've done this in my life, and I got a reputation at that time in Detroit to the point of a man, his son was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And he came to me to review the contract. Because he wanted his son to be able to honor Sabbath days and stuff like that. And he came to me to review the contract. And he did not want his son to sign unless I reviewed it. I'm telling you the power of this. I have never thought about trying to take people's money and become a millionaire from it. Because I know that that's not the real money that I'm looking for. Okay, you can, if you had a million dollars right now, okay, you can go get properties and automobiles, cool. But you cannot buy credibility. That comes from your character, real trust. And as long as you are that way, and as long as we have a nation of those who are that way, there is nothing, nothing on this earth that could ever happen to us that we cannot survive because essentially I don't care how wicked Romans are. There's somebody else other than Romans in us that has righteous principles that will recognize that in us and will assist us out of any situation at any given time. You have to remember this, brothers, because what we're about to do is going to 
you're going to run into these opportunities. No money down. No money necessary. Credibility, trustworthiness of character. Now, if you could take all of these women, and what happened to me, because a couple of the the women were throwing themselves at me, uh, which it was maybe like eight or nine of them, of all ages, by the way, (laughs) and their mamas were throwing themselves at me. If you have this knowledge and you have the power to resist their beauty, that's real polygamy because you don't want to sleep with them. You you don't want to because when you do that, that's opening up a whole nother thing where they already come and submit themselves to your leader, your leadership and guidance and discipline. There's no way Solomon had a, a thousand women and slept with all of those women. There's no way. Because there's more to it than that. It's the women that are under your guidance and discipline. Now, what happens is, of course, you're going to have a queen bee. Of course, you're going to have whatever, and, you know, you can do what you will with your queen, right? But other women need guidance from a man. Any woman that's walking around here without a man to guide her in her life is in an improper state of mind. I hate to say it, sisters, for you listening in the future, but it is true. Any man that does not know how to deal with women is in an improper improper state of mind. If he's just looking at her as something to sleep with, he's wrong. Anyhow, no money down, no down payment. If gas prices go up, if food prices go up, what do we do? We have no money to do it. We organize, set protocol, rankings with those who have this information and this discipline from those who don't. If you have children, they're five, six years old, they could be 18 years old, 20 years old. They could be 35 years old. If they don't have this information, you're responsible for their safety and their upkeep in their future. You're the one who knows. You know that they don't. They have to trust you. And when you can see through this illusion of everything being revolved around a Federal Reserve note, you'll be able to crack through anything. Now, the nation produces. The nation will produce products. I've been trying to set us up with this for a while now. Different things happen and delays it. The nation produces products, right? Let's say we don't have any money to manufacture the products. What do we do? we strike up an option. 
you sell the property without having the money to purchase the property. Is that clear? Anybody confused about that? You sell the property without having the money to purchase the property. Listen, somebody has the money to purchase it. So you don't need the money to purchase it, to resell it. All you need is the option. Anybody confused? I think I'm caught in, uh, I think I'm a little bit caught up in trying to uh, uh, process it, so to speak. I mean, I think I, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I understand. I think I just got lost in uh, how it was said, because that's usually how I, that's usually what happens to me. Okay, you said you can sell the property without having the money to purchase it. Is that what you're saying, brother? Yes. That's what I'm yes. So wouldn't that necessarily be uh, kind of like, uh, well, there's got to be obviously some exchange happening there, some type of bartering or something to that notion if you're selling something, you know, without actually having the money to purchase it. Yeah, but understand you're 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 putting down an option. Hey, I don't know you from a can of paint. Give me thirty days to sell this property, or I'll buy it myself. Here's my earnest money deposit. If I don't sell it in thirty days, I'm going to lose the deposit. So now you've established trust. I got you. Okay, I can't pay. I don't have nine hundred thousand dollars. On me or in my bank account. I want to sell this property to somebody. So most people think in order for me to resell it, I have to put up $900,000. Now I quote unquote own it. Now right. I can resell it. Right? Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. I just okay. thought you were saying, I'm sorry, brother, but I, I, I understand what you're saying now. Okay. Beautiful sister comes in your way. Instagram model. I say to her, listen, you want to make money in this game? You want to be financially secure? Give me 90 days to represent you. Show you what I can do. And in 90 days, I get an exclusive deal as your marketer and promoter. Now, how many women could you run that by and get them under a contract? Particularly if you ain't trying to sleep with them. 
Does anybody see what I'm saying? I see. You, you, you get a whole lot of them to do that, especially you if you, um, especially if you come off as just like you said, credible, and especially dealing with our sisters out here that are in an improper mind state, and their nature is really looking for a father figure to be a leader and a guide. Yeah, you can get a lot of them to agree to that. Right. Man, brother, you can definitely get them, man. These these Instagram models out here going overseas to, I think it, I forget what country it is over there, in uh, one of the Arab countries. And they're going out here taking little weak deals. And from what I've heard and I've understood about it is that they they are subject to so much degradation, man. It's crazy, man. Some of these females are getting urinated on and create all of this stuff, man. What? So, yeah, brother. So the Insta- these Instagram models out here, they're contracting with these uh, like sheiks or princes in Arab countries, and uh, in in the, in exchange for them providing the service to them, they're they're doing all kind of degradation to them, man. So if you offer a deal like this, brother, please, that's a come up to them, man. And listen, I set up some things where where I I I was in a, a backslidden stage in my life, and I set up some things with women, and it was blowing people's minds. Like the submissiveness of the women, the uh, that were around me. Um, the respect I was getting. And let me just tell you, straight out real, I didn't give a goddamn about sleeping with them. Uh, my, my mind is business first and only with women. Now, even when you're in a relationship with them, you still have to have that mentality for some to some greater or lesser degree. But understand... <laughs> The elders said the greatest thing you can do is repair the male-female relationship. They taught us extensively how to do this, how to put yourself in proper position, how to put her in proper position. When Solomon, when these girls heard about Solomon and they went to meet Solomon, they were like, listen, we want to come back to your chambers. He said, go over there and tend to them goats. Go over there in the vineyard. That's what he did. He's like, it's cool. You want to sleep with me and all. Well, actually, his wife, uh, she was bisexual, too. So they were doing them threesomes. That's why he fell. (laughs) But anyway, um, they would go back to his chambers, and him and and, uh, I think it was uh, Sheba were sleeping with doing orgies and threesomes and stuff. That's why he fell. Anyway, but in his mind, first thing he said, you go do this work, you go do this work. He understood how to deal with him. Now, what's going to naturally happen is one or two or more of them are going to start looking at you and start choosing. You got to be smart enough to know 
how to select from those that are choosing you, how to choose from those who are choosing you. But when you do this, there will be slews of women coming after you. You will be tempted to go step out on your woman. You'll be tempted. You must overcome. Don't allow you to, yourself to fall. It's a difficult one, but the reason why I'm setting all of this up is because it's time to pop this thing off for real. We talked about the treasury and stuff. Okay, now we're going to open this thing up. This um, We're going to clean up the credit through our fishes of men outreach of our people, provide some products for them that are going to help them. We sell products and give economic opportunities to our people. They're trying to trace Bitcoin. They need to stop. They're going to get themselves in trouble because all these Bitcoin companies are defrauding the people. Bitcoin is cool. Bitcoin is legitimate. But the Bitcoin companies are just running Iraqi dinar scams on the people. Nonetheless, here's what I'm saying. How enjoyable do you think it would be for a young man, older man, it doesn't matter, to be able to say, sister, you have to abide by these rules, but I will help you be economically secure. If you do exactly what I'm telling you, come in here and join this click. Follow the leadership, the instruction will make you economically secure. Next, sister, you have to always Represent yourself with the highest of morality. You have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, talk a certain way. Now, what I'm telling you is, I knew one day that this was going to all come back into fruition. The day is now. This what I what I've been working with, and I've been consulting with Lynn. We've been working on the real estate. It's all finally clicked right where it's time to make the next move. In nature, women are physically attractive for a reason because women are the ones that are supposed to sell the product for the nation anyway. Women are the ones that are supposed to be operating in public functions such as banks, such as whatever role they have, clerks. The men are to be in higher positions in government overseeing these sisters. Not that we're better than them or superior. It ain't about all that superiority. It's about natural positioning. Anybody would rather look at a woman than some regular man if this beautiful woman has a product, she's like, hey, come look at this. 
that goes back to the whole fruit and serpent thing. She comes to Adam with this fruit in her hand. Hey, come look at this. So she sells it to him. That's what's going on. Now, this has nothing to do specifically with pushing the Hebrew this or that. This has to do with living it. Like, there are Jewish attorneys that you don't know what they do when they leave that office. Same with um, Muslims. They go home and do their stuff, their private life. They understand what's going on. And I saw, I saw an episode of Steve Harvey. Listen to this. Steve Harvey, he said, um, I just saw this like Friday evening. He said, there is a little Jewish boy that does my taxes. Wait a minute, Steve Harvey, you're 40-something years old on this show, and you're telling the, the, the public that you're too dumb to do your own taxes, too dumb to deal with your own people, but you automatically know that this Jewish boy knows how to do better taxes than do you, a grown man. Do you see what I'm saying, Brother Kedrick? 100%, sir. He's just he's just uh-huh. admitting in the public that he's he's not sharp enough to take care of his own parents. Exactly, exactly. So I'm saying, if you need product that you want to sell, you don't have the money. You don't have a quarter. All you got to do is match the product up with the people that had the money and take your cut out of it. Brother Robert, you get what I'm saying? My apologies, brother. I was just listening to something. Uh, can you repeat that, brother? If you need a product that you're trying to sell, you have no money, uh-huh. all you do is match up the people that have the money and want the product with the people that have the product and you take your cut. Yeah, I definitely understand it. Yes, sir. Brother Hakeem, what's on your mind? Well, I reckon Brother Hakeem Salam. My comment is The point about the trust, the credibility, that's most pertinent because if you have in from the get-go, if you have that established, then that's going to be recurring. Uh, it'll give you a good reputation. So as soon as you do the first business deal, 
that's going to set you up for uh, however long you want to continue doing it. It's going to be, it's, it can be into per- perpetuity. You could, like uh, we've been introduced to, we could, we could uh, pass that information to turn into knowledge for someone else like you're doing for us. So with our trustees inside our, our private trust and inside our public trust, and I yield. To the, uh, Brother Lynn, what's on your mind? Well, I mean, I I definitely see, um, definitely see, you know, what you're trying to express as far as being able to um, operate in commerce without, you know, really without having to to deal with money. I think is is the example of that is most easily visible um when you're doing the real estate because you know, especially when you're when, when you're uh securing properties or you're trying to flip a property, to actually get the property under contract or to to create an option or to uh, create a security interest, which I believe are all um, the same thing. You can do that simply by, um, you know, the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, you know, being able to have some, some first of all, developing some some rapport uh, with the other party. Um, but even outside of that, being able to uh, exude the, the the competence and um, the, the confidence having that, you know, come out of you um, as a, you know, as a means to be able to uh, secure the particular property, you know, and the option is, and again, this is really played out in real estate, well, give me 30 days of close, give me 60 days of close, um, what have you, and you got 30 to 60 days to, you know, find somebody on the well, really, it's like a, a A to B transaction. A is contracting with the original um, owner or, or possessor, and then B is uh, contracting with the individual that's going to basically take the, the project, off, well, the property off of your hands. They're the ones that actually consummate the deal, and you you're operating as a middleman, but. The the thing is 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 from a standpoint of principle, what I see is is just this broker relationship where if you look at what has happened with our people, and, you know we basically have fallen into a condition where we got another man handling our business for us, but we call ourselves men. And you know the thing is is really um, you know kind of sickening when you see somebody like a Steve Harvey that is truly, you know, he got all the money in the world, but he's still operating in a ward-like status, which just goes to show you that, that the money is not the issue. It's the, you know, it's, it's the confidence. You know, it's, it's the fact that we're in 
we're operating in, in, in an improper mind state. That's the, the hump that we have to get over, and that is the, you know, that's the task, the, the task that is ahead of us. And so what I've, like, done, you know, even in my own life is, try to, is I've tried to seek out and objectively look at situations where I farm out the, I farm out the obligation of, to some greater or lesser degree, um, taking the easy way out, which is being complicit and allowing others to manage my own affairs. I've taken it, um, you know, one step further, and I've tried to pull back the reins so that even though I may have to conduct business in my life that I don't necessarily want to conduct, I'm doing it from a standpoint of with, with the uh, mind state of trying to improve in managing my own affairs and all things. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, again, with the, with the broker-like mentality, you have to be the mouthpiece. You know, you have to present yourself. You don't want to be represented. Being, being represented is fine when you're growing, but at some point, you know, it has to be a priority to be able to become confident enough to uh, present yourself. So those are my thoughts on, uh, you know, what we've discussed so far. But I actually have a question uh, with relation to um, international trade. So I'm really trying to understand, because to me it just seems like when you're dealing with international trade, you're operating with a, a, a body politic that's outside of you that are producers. They're, they're producing something, you know, some product, commodity, what have you. How do we move to a place to where um, we could operate in the capacity of international trade? And the second thing is, is that is that only done from the standpoint of, of actual real goods, or can you trade things like like actual contracts? Are you? You can trade contra- contracts internationally, yes, but um, contingent upon how you classify IE status would determine how much the U.S. will get involved with you. Um, because there's certain standards, uh, health reasons and otherwise, uh, that they monitor, and they should. There's nothing wrong with it. We make that clear. Now, we might not agree with some of the things that they do, but they have the right intention because they don't want to spread poisons and diseases that they cannot address and, and deal with. But if you're dealing directly with a foreign entity um, internationally, you still need to be mindful of that. How can we move to that? Well, here's the thing. The whole education in this nation from the beginning is to first reconstruct your mind to understand who you are, uh, how you need to rethink life, and some of the tools that are going to give you the opportunity to handle your daily affairs, okay? So once we get to that point, 
Then we got to deal with the real issues of responsibility, keeping your word and credibility, um, the laziness, the excuse-making, blame-shifting behaviors, the wickedness amongst us. Some people are just not ready to deal with that, but some are. So the next stage is designed, or the next degree, particularly third degree, is designed to teach you how to first get a home that you can call your home that will allow you to invest and make some money but at the same time have you comprehend the history of the earth through law to make you be able to stand on your own and be credible and then move on. Well, there's one issue that I have really seen we had to speed up this in this degree because Trump is in office. Our people don't have the discipline to run their own business. That's really what it comes down to. Our people are irresponsible. They bail out on you. They quit on you. You give them a Federal Reserve note, they'll do whatever the hell you tell them. You ask them to keep their word and man their post, they bail out on you. And then blame you for the problem. (laughs) That's the real issue. Before we can do this at large, we got to go through this training camp of how to really handle business. So that's why I'm saying where we are now. Once we can get people to stop worrying about paying their bills all the time, we we can eliminate debts and they can focus on not making a dollar every day they can focus on um, learning how to run their business effectively at the same time, making a few extra dollars. Then we can get people trained on how to be professionals in their business. That's where we are today. And that's what it's going to take. Did that answer it, brother? Yes, sir. It, it makes sense. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. So, hey, brother. Sir, brother, yes, uh, just another thing I'm just saying. Just when you were talking about like how status is important when you're commer- uh, operating uh, commercially internationally. I don't know, brother. Did you get a chance to see the act that they put they they brought out, which was um, they're using it as a means of. Uh, I'm just gonna give it just a just a just a. Because I know you had talked about Bitcoin earlier. Well, they've created a new act which they're using, and they're putting it underneath um, money laundering and other particular uh, particular crimes that they're they're listening under. But there's an act to which you would have to, and it's, it's, you know they're justifiable in what they're saying. If you're going to go ahead and purchase or uh, sell Bitcoin or anything in that capacity, uh, you would have to let United States know about it. So 
Uh, I don't know if you forgot the name of the act. I think it's Money Laundering, something Ooh. like that. It, just, it was uh, posted on the 24th of May. Hmm. I have not heard of that, and I've been dealing with Bitcoin for about, I don't know, eight years. And I've never heard that. I have never heard that. Yeah, um, I think it's, well, I can't, I have it on my phone, but um might not be able to pull it out. But, uh, yeah, they just passed something on the 24th to where if you're using Bitcoin, I think it's also uh, that's trying to get ready to do away with the cash transactions and things like that. We also, I think that's also the language that was inside the actual act. Yeah, I can see why too. Because um, the moves Trump's make that Trump is making, I mean, he's he's kind of insane, but I do think he means well. I really do believe he means well. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of casualties along the way. I can see it coming, but you know what? It's really forcing the people to unify and come together and operate commercially as a body. And if, if, you, if you don't do it, and you know what I saw, brother? I saw on uh, one of these Facebooks or Twitter, I saw a brother talking about um, what's going to happen to the current the U.S. currency. Negroes better jump on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, Negroes don't even know what the hell Bitcoin is. So what use is it going to be them, for them to jump on it and they don't get it? Well, here comes these scam companies mm-hmm. talking about invest in Bitcoin. Yep. Um, now, I'm dealing with a program that allows for Bitcoin loans. Um, like you can get a Bitcoin loan, which is different than a quote-unquote Bitcoin investment. You can invest in this same program that I'm talking about, but it's it's actually backed by something of value. But some of these companies, they're like, no, just give us $1,000. We'll give you your $1,000 back times five in two months. And it's mathematically impossible. So, brother, that's something we need to put out in the public to counter that, trying to draw our people into those get-rich-quick schemes in Bitcoin. Yes, sir. We've we got to blast that, brother, because our people are going to get taken, man. Yeah, man. Definitely. I can see it, man. Uh, you know what they did with the uh, Iraqi dinar? Same thing, but worse. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember that, brother, what they did? What was going around? I think you, you had mentioned it some years back uh, with the Iraqi dinar, and they wind up, you know, uh, you know, you know, going splattering in their face, basically. Yeah. Yeah, like they took all this money from the people, hey, you're going to get a million dollars. Yeah, right. So if the government converts to the Iraqi dinar, if you put $100 in, you're going to get a million dollars. And these Negroes lost their damn mind. 
Brother Kendrick, do you remember that that time? <laughs> the, the name of the organization that is still running that scam is called Your Remedy is in the Law. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. There's another organization. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but the initials are ARA. And, and um, they're, they're, by, they're, they're in conjunction with Remedy or they're in parallel with Remedy. Um, Joseph Martin and David Merrill, uh, these are Caucasians. They are running, they have been running this scam and telling the people this for the last 10 years. Ever since it, ever since the Iraqi did not thing hits, came out, these guys have been at the top of the list of the people advertising and bringing people into this scam. And it is still running. Wow. Well, it is my home, sir. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I just wanted to piggyback for a minute off of uh, what Robert was saying about the uh, them trying to shoehorn the the Bitcoin thing into the Money Laundering Act. So I read a little bit of that like late last week, and um, <laughs> the crazy thing about it is that it almost seems like the people that are writing the legislation have what Bitcoin actually is because if you know anything about that money laundering, what happens is, is if you try to pass a port, you have to declare if you have in excess of $10,000 USD on you. And if you don't um, do that, well, you do it because they want to report that to the IRS because that that is considered um, you know excessive funds for whatever reason. <laughs> so I saw in some circles where they were saying that that was really what um, had done um, Dr. Sabian because he had close to forty thousand dollars in cash on him. But that, that's another story. But the point I'm trying to make is is that um, the same treatment is supposed to occur with the Bitcoin. You know, if you, if you pass a port with more than $10,000 in Bitcoin, um, you have to declare it. But my point is, is that currency is, is, is cryptocurrency. So I'm not necessarily going through a, a passport with an actual physical wallet with Bitcoin in it because my, my wallet is online. So that that right there is, is um, one thing about it that's peculiar. But then the other thing is, is that in that act, they basically say that if you get caught trying to uh, pass support with these excessive funds in your possession, um, that's accompanied by a, a, a fine. Um, it's accompanied by um, some time in prison, up to 10 years. And it's also accompanied by what is um, what they stated um, as civil asset forfeiture, meaning that all of the property that's in the uh, ownership of that 
14th Amendment citizen, you forfeit it. Mm. <laughs> so wow. understanding that and then understanding what the status of the people are, to me, it just seems like another attack on um, property rights, but they really are they, they, they looking for ways to try to kick this can down the road with the debt. So at, at this point, they, they pretty much are just strong-arming, or they're trying to set it up um, legislatively to just strong-arm the property from the people you know, for, for, for nothing. So, if, you know, if, if anybody gets a chance, um, I, I highly encourage you to go. It's not long. It's not a long act. Um, but I, I highly go that. That's very relevant material, particularly for this class. And I yield. Very interesting. I hope we can counter it. Because Brother Robert is always in tune with this stuff. And I've noticed over the last couple of years, this is real as it gets. When this nation puts something out there, people follow. That is no lie. Like I put, I put out there about four months ago. I just did this on my own private life through my own website and everything like that. Um, that Bitcoin is going to help you to survive this uh, this forthcoming bankruptcy. So when I did that, all of a sudden. A month or so later, I'm hearing Negroes starting to talk about Bitcoin. I'm like, Negroes never used to talk about Bitcoin. But it's happening, and then what what happened is they're getting caught up in these scams. You know, not understanding one Bitcoin is worth, what is it worth, $2,500 in Federal Reserve notes or something like that? And, um, you can't even get a full Bitcoin. Uh, most people can't. So you can get a part of a Bitcoin. So they don't even understand that. So it's it's really uh, troubling. But here's what I'm saying. Like um, options, no down payment, the thinking the thinking is going to save our generations. You have to be able to put in your own words and make it real to the people who you talk to, who you deal with. You might not unveil it to them, the depth of it. Some people you're not going to do that with. Some people you can't do that with. But every now and then you'll run across a mind that you see has a, a spark of light in it, and you can help guide them down the right way. But look, we need our sisters. We need them to respect us again. And they don't really respect us. I, I don't care how many much they cry they love you they don't respect us 
because they don't see a brotherhood amongst us. You know, like an Arab woman can look at an Arab man and say, I know that all Arab men think like him, back him, and come to his support. But, you know, same for Chinese, Korean, but not us. So we we can't really draw out that that um the depth of their love. We it, it's like it's difficult. Now I know these sisters are a handful and they will make you want to bash their head in the wall. They will, I get it. But we gotta be that much more cunning. And I'm telling you, there is no kind of uh, better respect that you're going to get from your woman until you lay something out for her and say, here, my dear, this is what's going to change your economic condition. But these are the rules you must play by. But this is what's going to change your economic condition. And she will respond, and she'll be that much more obedient and uh, cooperative is a better word to say uh, because she needs it. We need it. So, look, we don't have product that we have people in the nation that can manufacture. We don't have people that can do that right now. We can't make our own shoes, our own clothes, but we sure can get somebody that can make them to do them for us. My brother, Frank. Sir. I just wanted to know when you said that, have you heard of something, and I'm just learning about it myself, it's something where you it's called contract manufacturing? Yes. Is that, is that what you're referring to? Yes. Okay. Exactly. On the options. So it, it's the same thing. It's almost like uh, bird dogging and wholesaling. It's the same thing. Option, contract manufacturing. You only produce... The, the whole world has moved to this. You only produce the... Uh, the product is only manufactured when it's sold. You can be under a contract with somebody for them to manufacture it, but I'm going to just make it a little more simple. You don't have $1,000 to press up a 1,000 CDs and you're a rapper. You don't have it. But what you do have is a means of contracting with somebody that can press up a thousand CDs and sell them on demand. It's similar to that what I'm trying to say. So I've contracted with a CD company, but they don't press them up unless they're sold. I don't know if I if that's making any sense. One moment. 
Okay. So, it's the same thing in mind. Look, I can go anywhere. I might have to adjust my language a little bit. I might have to adjust my mind a little bit. Like, learn a few different terms. But when you keep this idea in mind, it unlocks the keys to everything you need. Everything. Our sisters are are resistant to us. Some of them are going to have a hard time adjusting. And sometimes the more they know, the harder it is to get them to cooperate. Sometimes the less they know, the easier to cooperate. Sometimes all they want is results rather than the knowledge base. Not all the time, some of the time. But if you can produce the results, that is going to get a different kind of woman out here amongst the Negro. Now, what happens when all these sisters dealing with all these different organizations and movements and Hebrew this, consciousness this and that, Pan-Africanist, Egyptologist, all of that stuff. And they have one body of Negroes that's saying, look, sister, you do this, 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 and this, your life is going to be supported. They're going to abandon them things. Anything else they're doing, they're going to instantly, in the streets it's called getting knocked for your woman, basically. But it's like they're going to abandon it. Her nature must abandon that stuff. She must. It's just like a bunch of Negroes doing all this talking. I love Negroes. I love black people. I hate the white man. Nothing for her to do. Nothing for her to do in supporting the love of her man and her nation that supports her life. What happens when you turn that switch on? She's going to side with those who are providing it. Does that make sense, Brother Robert? Yes, sir, brother. Yes, sir. You know, I, quite, I, I attribute it to, you know, this is this is the method that you're, you're promoting to us, absolutely, in terms of governing, self-governing, you know, governing your household, uh, you know, basically creating something for our sisters to be able to look up to and respect. Once we can be able to do that, then we can have our sisters to respect us as opposed to uh, having others come over and knock them. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, sir, brother. Well, not you. Yes, sir. So, um, I'm saying this to get us geared geared towards uh, what we're doing with this program of um, knocking down the debt, raising up your uh, your asset. This is the time to do it. And... um, we can make it happen very easily. 
And the good thing is that uh, the way we can do this, it doesn't really require much from each individual. And we can make it happen and work for us now. So anyhow, um, we can adjourn for today, and uh, we'll be back next week. So thank you all for being here. Shalom.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.